You're now listening to Cinco Squad. No comparison to Michael Jordan. Don't fucking freak out, everybody. <laughs> Your place for the Chief, Carl Malone plays for the Bills. That's Carl Malone over there. Carl Malone. Just like Carl oh, Malone can get done with Jordan. Say now, Carl Malone by the ball to Carl Malone now. No, sir. Let me tell you guys something. No, no, because Carl Malone can be the only one here with Jordan. Man. I had like this next week when you guys are saying, oh, shit. And then who else do they have? Gabe Davis. Gabe yeah, Davis. He might have been nice. What am I doing? Oh, oh. Come on, Dan. Hold on. Hold on. See, look. Clark Kent is in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Clark Kent is going to win at home this week in Buffalo. All right? Stop your shit. Cinco Squad is back in the house, episode 94. What's going on, fellas? My name is Jonathan Sawyer with Cinco Squad. With me are my brothers, Mikey, Grandpa Jay, and Trey Day. Fellas, happy s- divisional round week in the NFL. How's, I know Trey and I are a little bit sore, uh, sore for thoughts, I guess, but Grandpa Jay's sitting there with a smile on his face because he uh, beat my Eagles. Bastard. Fly back and fly home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I thought you guys were in the playoffs. Yeah, Mikey. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. All by my. And then there was one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got to play Brandon's team next week, and we'll get into that in NFL playoff talk. We got NFL playoff talk. We're going to continue that throughout to the Super Bowl. We got mm-hmm. college basketball. We got college football. And of course, we got everything else in the show with Stump the Squad. Who will win it? Who will win the belt? Who will win the chain? Who will win the crown? Who knows? But. What I do know is we got to throw it over to Mike for what's on his mind because he always gives us the best facts of the week. Yes. So this week's Mike's Mind, uh, I'm very happy, by the way, that the second of what I would expect to be many Wayne Gretzky facts because there's a lot of records out there that he has. Uh, did well. Appreciate everybody out there for supporting that and liking it the same way they did the McDavid one. But we're going to kind of take a little bit to the NFL playoffs. And what's been going on, because one of the biggest stories I think we can agree upon, and I think we'll get into it during NFL playoff talk, has been the Houston Texans, right? The upstart Houston Texans, led by young C.J. Stroud of the Ohio State University. But did you guys know? That was ugly. (laughs) Did you guys know that after this past MLB season, when the Texas Rangers won their first ever world championship, bravo to them, the Houston Texans are now the only Big Four franchise based in the state of Texas that has yet to win a championship. Big Four. All the pro sports teams oh. in the state of Texas of the Big Four, NHL, NBA, NFL, MLB, they are the only ones in Texas that have not won a title yet wow. at some point in their history. Could it, could it change on Saturday? We shall see, won't we? Yes, that is the interesting part of this. Is This fact could be uh, a moot point in, like, four <laughs> weeks. You're going to yeah. get comments on this and be like, if they get blown out, they'll be like, not happening this year. <laughs> bring them, yeah, good, bring them. Bring all the comments. Or, in, or if they win the Super Bowl, like, ha, that's not even a fact anymore. 
Got it. But I want to hear what Grandpa Jay has to say for his locks of the week this week. Jay, take it. Yes, yes, yes. Boys and girls, ghouls and goblins, and everybody in between. (laughs) Welcome back to your locks of the week. Last week, we went one and two again. So this week, we're not taking three locks. We're only going with two locks. And I'm giving you the lock of all locks this week. This one's a guarantee. That is my guy, the Joker, Novak Djokovic, down in Australia at the Australian Open. That is his home, okay? The guy wins 92% of all of his matches that he's ever playing at the Australian Open. He's heading towards Federer's record. He's at 89 wins right now. He's inching his way towards Federer's 102 because he win will the title. Next up for him, Thomas Echeverri from Argentina, who's yet to take a set from him in their three meetings. Expect Djokovic to win in straight sets. So if you can get the bet at Joyke winning in straight sets, take Djokovic in straight sets. And then I think I'm a prisoner of the moment. Green Bay just made us happy, didn't they, guys? Can we all say it together on three? One, two, three. Fuck the Fuck Cowboys! Cowboys. Right. Thank you, Green Bay, for making us really happy here on the squad. I'm a prisoner of the moment. I love the nine points. I'm not too sure why they don't believe in Green Bay. You think Brock Purdy's that good? Well, Green Bay's defense doesn't think so. In fact, one of the linemen came out today and said, all we got to do is pressure him, and it's a guaranteed turnover. And I think he's right. I think Purdy's going to turn the ball over at least twice. So go ahead and take Green Bay at plus nine. It doesn't mean I'm taking them to win the game. I just don't think this is going to be the blowout people expect. I think Green Bay is going to have San Fran sweating for the whole game. And a little bit of CMC magic maybe at the end, pull San Fran out of it. Maybe a little Debo. We know what he could do in the playoffs. He's pretty elusive. But take Green Bay at nine. So locks of the week. Novak, down in Australia. The guy just wins. Take him to beat Thomas Echeverri in straight sets. And then on Sunday in San Francisco, what I used to love calling the old candlestick park, Green Bay takes on the San Francisco 49ers. You got to love the points. You got to love the Packers riding this momentum. They've only won their last three road games. Take the plus nine. And that, ladies and gentlemen, may your loss of the week. So long farewell to Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey has been a icon in the Philadelphia Eagles history books as one of the greatest centers to ever play the game. And he has dominated that position over 13 years and has consistently gotten better. He has made his teammates better. He's made his coaches better. And honestly, he's made the fans better. He's made the fans believe in the team. He's made the fans love the team again. There were some dark times in the Eagles over the last maybe between the Chip Kelly years that we didn't know what the hell was going on. But now the Eagles are back to the winning mentality, even though I know this year was pretty rough. So Jason Kelsey is retiring most likely at the end of the season. And I just want to wish him the best in retirement. I know this is not an easy decision walking away from something that you love, but thank God that you found something with your brother that I know means a lot to you. Cause I watch that show. I watch your podcast every single week. And I love seeing the camaraderie between you guys and, you know, how much passion you show in that. So hats off to Jason Kelsey. Thank you for an amazing 13-year career. Philadelphia Eagles and fans will love you forever. Yes, sir. That's Jamie's Locks of the Week. Make sure you go lock those in and win you some money. Jay, what are you with this year so far? Not so good. Not so good. Right now we're 2-4, and but we're going to ride a two-game win streak and get back to 500 after this week. Yes, sir. Hey, it starts off slow in the beginning of the year, so don't don't give up on Jay just yet. 
So Jay's going to lock it in this weekend with two solid picks. Uh, make sure you guys do. I know for my team this week, this past week, was not two solid picks. It was a lot of what the fuck type of mentality <laughs> and a lot of what the fuck this weekend happened. Um, I'll tell you right now, the best game of the weekend was Green Bay and Dallas. Everyone was like, that is terrible. I turned that game out. I did. I watched every nope. single yep. minute, every <laughs> single touchdown. I sat there. I was like, this is nice. <laughs> like, Come on, keep it up. Keep yeah. it up. On Twitter, you can we score were just, more points. You can do it. Tra- Trey and I on Twitter were just like bashing with Cowboys fans. It was great. But, fellas, we got NFL playoff talk. We mm-hmm. got Green Bay playing against San Francisco at San mm-hmm. Francisco. Mm-hmm. We got Baltimore, Texas. We got Detroit and Tampa Bay for Grandpa Jay. And then we got, what's the third matchup? Oh, yeah, Kansas City and Buffalo. That's the weekend cap right there, 6.30 p.m. on Sunday. That could be a very exciting matchup. So I'll just open it up to you guys. When we're looking, Grandpa Jay, I'm going to throw it down to you to start off with. How's it feel to have your Buccaneers move on to the next round and obviously show that defense is not gone? Because everyone all season was like, oh, that defense is gone. Yeah. They dominated Philadelphia. They now, did, Phil- Philadelphia got in their own way, in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, how, how does it feel? I mean, to win like that, I, I don't remember a convincing win like that. Because the Super Bowl wasn't convincing. It was no. more a, a comedy of errors by the Chiefs. And really nobody could catch the ball. And Tyreek may have had his worst <laughs> game of his career at the wrong time. I don't remember a playoff game like that since they dominated the Super Bowl way back in the early 2000s and embarrassed the Raiders. I mean, it really was great team ball on all three sides of the football. Shaq Barrett looked like Shaq Barrett from a couple of seasons ago when he almost had 20 sacks. Yep. Winfield is the guy. I'm so happy he's a first team, uh, first team, all, all first team in the Sierra in the NFL. So congrats to him. And this team is pretty dangerous right now because they're playing with that chip on their shoulder because they don't have nothing to prove at this point. They're going into Detroit. All the pressure's on Detroit. Everybody's thinking that this might be Detroit's year. It's setting up for it, especially if Green Bay goes ahead and eliminates San Francisco. They might be hosting the NFC Championship game. Yeah. So the Bucs are just going there with house money saying, look, the last time we came in here, that started our se- that started the plummet to the season, right? We are, we, are, we, are, we are riding on a 3-1 and one record, and then all of a sudden we lose to Detroit 20-6. to six. The offense didn't show up. And then four in a row, just the ship starts sinking. We're like, oh, shit, here we go. This is what we expected. Baker came in and looked hot, and now he's just going to fizzle away. But, man, did they look like they were ready for that game. It's almost like they looked at the at the film from the Giants game the week before. They kind of looked at how the Giants jumped on the Eagles really quick in the first half, and they were like, if we don't do this, we might not win this game. And there were times where they gave up a couple points early, well, gave up the opportunity to score touchdowns and went with field goals. And I was like, I think that's going to come back and bite us in the ass. But to hold the Eagles to under 10 points, I mean, you got to be freaking ecstatic with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep it on. Come on, come on. Keep on. on. <laughs> look, they have a ch- look. They have a shot, right? I'm, 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 I'm happy for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I mean, here's I'm the thing. Here's the thing. And and going into the game, if you <laughs> buy into <laughs> the Baker man, let's give a big Detroit. <laughs> the biggest thing with Baker, and we've all said this throughout his entire career, you're not gonna. And it's the same thing with Brock Purdy. It's the same thing with a few quarterbacks in this league. You can't put the game on them to win, mm-hmm. right? He needs right. to do – I mean, realistically, <laughs> those receivers are wide fucking open. If he didn't hit them, like, come on. Dude. There was actually a couple times where he missed guys. Yep. So 
that that score could have been dropped a couple too. It could have been right. Evan Sims dropped dropped seven passes so in seven that game. Passes, yeah. yeah, so that could have went for touchdowns, which would have been like sixty to seven or sixty yeah. to nine, right? So when you look at that game, Baker can't win you the game. He can manage the game for you, <laughs> and realistically, don't put the ball in his hands to try to drive down the field. Like your running back, hand it to him. Yeah, that dude looked like Pacheco out there. Like, yeah, how, like how, he's running hard into the hole, and then he's just boom, boom, boom. I was like, God damn, he's just moving Fletcher Cox out of the way. I'm like, all right, here we go, <laughs> like another running game. <laughs> so that's off to the Bucks. I mean, you know, I was a sore loser after the game. I'll be honest with you. I apologize, Grandpa Jay, that's uh, right. for being a sore loser to everyone. I was pissed. I was more pissed because of the last six weeks I endured nothing but pain. <laughs> And just constant loss and loss and loss. But Trey, let me throw it over to you. What do you? What are your? What's your best outtake of that weekend? Like, what was your best? Like, okay, this team really looks like they're they're clicking right now. Uh, I guess I would probably say the Texans because a lot of people just didn't. Not the people that see that they could possibly win, but a lot of people were like, "Is the moment going to be big?" Everybody's so young. You have a Rookie mm-hmm. coach, rookie quarterback, none of the other guys. You look like Nico Collins, none of these guys have ever been there before. And they just showed up and looked like they had just done all this shit before. So I think for me it was the Texans who, I'm going to say it now, I actually am leaning to the Texans being the Ravens actually in this game. I know a lot of people are going to go with the Ravens, but we've seen the Ravens lose. It's kind of reminds me that year when the Ravens were – up and then they go to ten- and they, if Tennessee come in and they're losing and I had this gut feeling that I don't know I just think Mr. Stroud is going to have a day again where the Ravens may be bringing Andrews back and that may as good as Andrews in it may throw things off a little bit they did mm-hmm. take off the last couple weeks the Ravens didn't play the finale they didn't play the last game and don't get me wrong I wouldn't play my starters either but the Texans right now are just hot and similar to what Jay said with the Bucks. They got nothing to lose. Nobody really expected them to be here. So, I don't know. My gut says, I just like where the Texans are going. And that damn Stroud to Collins Cup was crazy. The only thing is that the Browns were Jekyll and Hyde home and away, right? Yeah. Browns are the best defensive team in the NFL by far in terms of points given up per game at home. And then they were second to last on the road. And I didn't understand that. I don't know how you could have the home field be that good where you're giving up almost 17 more points a game on the road compared to home. Like a touchdown is a lot of a difference, but 17 points. So I expected the Texans to be able to score, but I thought maybe the Browns could keep up with them. But Flacco looked like the Flacco we were waiting to see, right? The Flacco that's going to turn the ball over and make some throws that he shouldn't be making. At that point, you're down 21. It's, you know, it's panic, hit the panic button and you got to make plays and force things. It's it's almost the mentality, like I said in my clip this past week, is the zero zero mentality. If you mm-hmm. adopt that mentality and you buy into it, you can have a really successful playoff. But if you buy into the fact of oh we had we kind of fell into the playoffs, oh we did this, we did that, you're that's going to continue. If you mm-hmm. can shut off the regular season and say I'm here, you have an opportunity to make some noise. I'm gonna throw it over to Mike in the Giants. They did it in, in 2007 and at 11. They were not the best team in the yeah. NFL. They were far from it. Mm-hmm. So when you look at a team like that, they found the zeros. They adopted the zero zero mentality that this is a brand new year, brand new season. And I think that's what the Texans, I think, you know, the Buccaneers are definitely looking like that too. Um, Mike, 
your thoughts on the weekend, your best take of the weekend in the sense of players, teams, whoever it might be. Yeah. So first of all, to to that end, John, you mentioned that Giants team. In a way, this Bucks team is a lot like that Giants team in the sense of it's a very, we're going to win all these games with that 0-0 mentality. We're going to win all these games with our defense. Mm-hmm. Because as we've said before, and I will fully admit, he has two Super Bowl MVPs that he probably shouldn't have. <laughs> I love him. I love him. But no. But no, it's Strahan and probably Tuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave him but, an inch with that giant stake, and now he's taking it a mile. Listen, <laughs> I didn't make the playoffs. I need to take what I can get. <laughs> Ooh, Giants. Ooh, Giants. Um, no, it, but but on, honestly, it is, I think, if for the Bucks to have any amount of further success, it does need to be that defense first thing with that zero zero mentality. Like we're gonna keep points off the board, and that's how we win. <laughs> However, I will take. I agree with the whole Bucks thing. I agree with Trey's Texans thing. I'm gonna take it to the Green Bay Packers. That's what stood out most to me, and it's not that they were the best team, but it's the third team here that doesn't have anything to lose. They weren't expected to be here. I mean, the Lions were the, entering the year, the Lions were the consensus thought to win that division, as they did, and rightly so. They're a very good team. But at the time, as I recall, most people, including us, had the Vikings as the second best team in that, in that division, both before and after cutting Dalvin Cook. Madison, we at the time were like Madison can hold his own. They have Justin Jefferson. Cousins, like a Baker Mayfield type, is not going to be someone that you can put the ball in his hands and he's going to, you know, drive you to a win every time, but he can keep you in games. Huh? I had the Bears. I'm still dying on that train. (laughs) Oh, that's true. You did have the Bears. Who who (laughs) honestly could have potentially been the second best team in that division if they played the first half of the year like they played the second half of the year. Yeah. The field injury but, hurt a lot. Exactly. A exactly. Yeah. But so the Packers, essentially a rookie quarterback for, yeah. you know, his first season, all intents yeah. and purposes, his first season actually really playing, maybe through like five passes his first two years. Yeah, he's a rookie this year. Yeah, so he's a rookie. He's a rookie that just can't win rookie of the year because technically he's been in the league. But so, yeah, rookie rookie quarterback. He's- a entirely revamped offense. They drafted two new tight ends. Brought it. They didn't have a, and they were saying this during the during the game as they were absolutely kicking the shit out of Dallas, much to everyone's delight. That they really didn't. They chose to come into the year without a number one receiver, without a clear cut number one. This is our guy receiver. But Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs stepped up. Luke Musgrave when. You know, unfortunately got hurt for a little bit, but he's been a great tight end for them. And I'm excited to see what this Packers team with nothing to lose and coming off of their best game of the year can do against San Francisco. You know, my team has to be my my team has to be, I mean, the team that playing Jamie's um, Detroit. They Detroit, found a way I mean, to win yeah. in a very emotional game that they found a way to win, right? It wasn't the best performance, right? It's 24-23, but they found a way to win. I think a blowout doesn't really give you the opportunity to dig through and find different ways and find what you can in different schemes and different comebacks and how your team handles the pressure. 
and they handle that pressure great. It's going to be rocking in Ford Field, rocking. So mm-hmm. I think Detroit is the was the best team that weekend when it came to you know execution, finishing the job in that aspect. And the best locker room energy was Detroit post game. Oh, yeah. When they're waiting for Jared to come in, they're going, Jared, go. That was awesome. Jared, go. That I was mean, really cool. That shows you that not only has he won that locker room over, but it shows you that they're playing for him. Mm-hmm. That's huge. When everybody in that locker room is playing for you because they know you are pretty much somebody's garbage, and now you could be somebody's treasure, and that somebody was considered the garbage of the NFL for a long time because the franchise was pretty much at the lowest of lows after that one sixteen year. That's something special. And I feel that's the sauce that you need to have cooking during the playoffs to make a special run. So that's why I feel like whether San Fran wins or not, I would love the Bucs to win. I just feel somewhat, we said it last year, is it going to be Detroit or the Jags? Or before the season started playing in the championship game, it looks like it's going to be Detroit. And it looks like they can even make that jump to the Super Bowl right now. I think the biggest thing that we're looking at the Packers and we're looking at the Lions, we could have like an NFC North yeah, got a championship game. Yeah, in Detroit, and the Packers wild. beat them at home this year. They beat them at home on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, Thanksgiving. They, dominated, they dominated. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the the point that you made about Brock Purdy, I've been saying all year. If you pressure him and mm-hmm. make him win the game, put the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree with what Cam Newton said. He's a game manager. I'm not saying he can't become a game changer down the road, but right now he's a manager. He's managing the game. We don't need you to go out there and throw for 400 yards. We need you to go throw out for 200 yards, hit your reads, go through your progressions, and win the game. That's all. Give it to your stars. That's all you mm-hmm. have to do as Brock Purdy. So I'm nervous for San Francisco because there is, like Joy Bosa, uh, yeah, Joy Bosa said to the locker room, we laid out the blueprint for the Eagles. Well, Mr. Bosa, the blueprint for the blueprint has been laid out for the 49ers. He's attacked Bert Purdy and put the ball in his hands and stop McCaffrey. That is a tall test. The second one is a tall yeah. test because McCaffrey is the best running back in the league. And uh, to Mike's point, I don't even think Jordan Love, even if he was a rookie, would win rookie of the year. No. Um, not no, he w- no, he wouldn't. But uh, it's in this case. Not even it's... top five. <laughs> uh, well, that's the that's the thing, right, guys? One one road <laughs> team, one road team marched on after Super Wildcard weekend. Who is your road team or road teams that may march on this week? Well, I already told you Texas. I, I the, the Niners are taking the Packers out. I don't give a damn what y'all just said because everything y'all just said actually applies also to Jordan Love. You tell me if Joey Bosa gets in Jordan Love's face, that he gonna be the same. If Chase Young is coming around, he gonna be the same. If Fred Warner gets in his face, that he gonna be the same. No, this is a way. This is a better team than the Cowboys today. Ball-time boy, Aaron Jones, Trey. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, this is this is a better. This 49ers team is a hell of a lot better team than that Cowboys team that they just Aaron played. Jones about to go off for four hundred and Chase Young. Yeah, like, Motherfucker, goddamn! <laughs> Aaron Jones does that every time he plays down. He played fantasy football he doesn't over the Cowboys. Points oh, <laughs> but it's me. It's me. I play fantasy football when he plays the Cowboys. Neither of which has happened this week. So I don't even know if Aaron Jones is going to go off in that point. At the same time, yeah, the Packers have been better. I mean, yeah, you do get to go out there. Yeah. 
and take like uh, Jair Alexander say, okay, go take CD Lamb out. But now you're talking about, okay, I got to take Ayuk out. I got to go take out. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, McCaffrey. That's fine. You said McCaffrey. Fuck it, then. All right, let's put Debo on the end of round. Let's go out there and get the ball to Kittle. Mm-hmm. Like, who can, is that the season? That. It yeah. is too many fucking weapons out there. Mm-hmm. The 49ers are going to prevail here. And every year, there's always some team that goes out. It's really impressive in week one. Everybody jumps up and says, oh, shit, that team going to Super Bowl. And then week two, the playoffs come. They get their ass smacked. But, oh, yeah, that is why this team was barely making it into the playoffs. I'm not saying, I mean, hey, all props to the Packers there. They're not fucking taking the Niners out this week. No, they're, I don't have them winning that game either. Um, my upset of the week is going to be um, te- the Texans beating the Baltimore Ravens. You know, it's like I said in my my uh, my little rant last week about the Ra- the Ravens is I just don't trust them if when they get pressure. Uh, you know, can Lamar be the guy that we're looking for out of him? And I just don't see it. You know, I hope he proves me wrong because I really do like Lamar. But I don't. I I agree with you, Trey. I think it's going to be the Texans. I think the Packers are going to be by, get beat by two touchdowns, if not three. Um, but it's a good start for them. So right? Jamie's locked on a week is wrong. Got you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Grandpa. Not again. Let's run it back here. <laughs> so take the plus nine. <laughs> Actually, don't take the plus nine. But yeah, um, take the nine as a but minus. So I'm looking at the one game that we haven't talked about. And that's Kansas City and Buffalo in Buffalo. Patrick Mahomes oh, versus Mikey, Josh. Uh, Mikey, who are you taking for your road team? Yeah, do you have a road team? Oh, do you have a road do team? Have a road I have a road team. I have two road teams. Okay. You have two? I have oh, two. Wow. Oh, boy. I agree. The Texans will defeat the Baltimore Ravens, I think. The Ravens are going to also be victims of – they're going to be that team in the divisional round that gets really hurt by the fact that they had a week off. And to actually to trace point two weeks off because they didn't play their starters the last week of the year. And yeah, I think the Texans are going to be a team that builds upon the momentum they created and uh, the nothing to lose mentality. But John, on my screen, you're below me. So it actually works out. Hand me up that Gouda. Hand me up the mozzarella, the provolone, the Swiss, because go pack, go. I think both one seeds are going down. Yes. No, because then it screws up the. The bracket for the Super Bowl colors. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> what's happening, boys and girls. You got to fire the cannons, baby. Fire the cannons. No. Bring that NFC Championship no. to Tampa Bay. I no. mean, Tampa Bay. Bucks. <laughs> and on the road this week, the AFC is going to be 1-2. I think Buffalo finally slays that no. dragon. And they play the Ravens in Baltimore. And the Green Bay Packers come to my oh, hometown yeah, my. in Tampa. To take on Baker and the Bucks no. for a chance to win the Super Bowl. That's because no. that's happened because that's the easier matchup. That's why you're yeah. saying that. No, the worst <laughs> it's the Packers for that reason. Can you? <laughs> oh man, Jay. I know your voice lost your voice, but I was about to say I heard a comedian today say like to some woman in the crowd, she was like talking. He's like, "Did you just eat a pack of cigarettes?" <laughs> <laughs> No, no, the, 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 the worst thing that could have happened to the entire NFL, like the remaining playoff teams, is that Detroit won that game. Yeah. That well, was the emotional and mental hurdle they needed to get over to really make them. Well, two, two things just happened as we were recording here. Mike McCarthy is going to remain the Dallas Cowboys coach in 2024. Mistake. and. Nick Sirianni is going to remain the coach as the Philadelphia Eagles in right 2024. Move. And I think that's the right move on the Philadelphia Eagles side. But 
what do you think, like, as the teams that were eliminated, I was interested in you guys' thoughts on <laughs> eliminated teams. You know, what do they have to do to kind of get over the hump? I'm going to throw it to Trey Day because I know I'm look at, I want to look at your Steelers. I know you have a lot to say about them. What do you think the Steelers have to do in order to move forward? They're bringing back Tomlin, or Tomlin's bringing back himself, I should say. What do you what do you think next year has to be? We've heard this before from you, but I want to hear it again. Well, you heard my final whistle. But before we go there, more importantly, this ain't Buffalo year. Kansas City's taking their ass out. Let's go mm-hmm. Taylor Swift. Now, back to where we're going at. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about you. We're not done with Taylor. We are not done with Taylor. She's not going to booty off up in Buffalo this weekend. She's going to freeze a little booty. All she, that. Said, she said, I'll, I'll, Travis, last week was tough. I'm just going to go down to like Cancun in my house in Cancun and just watch it from there. They were saying that they, I don't mean to cut you off, Trey, but they were saying, like, oh, will she sit in the seats or will she sit in the booth? I'm like, she's sitting in a suite. She's yeah. not sitting. They're not going to put security will not let her sit in the seats. She's never or in the seats. Well, well, crazy. Are you kidding me? She's never sitting in the seats. Yeah, the time. She's not going to sit on a snow like mountain. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, Ryan Fitzpatrick was actually part of the fucking Bills organization. Like, bro. They will literally throw a thousand snowballs at her at one time and coordinate that and cover her. And hot dogs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. They're, Trey, they're getting it. another storm, so. Uh, I mean, I don't kind of like I said in the final whistle. I mean, uh, the Steelers got a lot of soul searching. I mean, we got we got the quarterback situation. They need to get better line. Uh, the line got better as the year went on. The running back started to finally come together. We need another adult in the receiver in the receiver room. It's a lot of little things, not major things, other than a quarterback, which is clearly a major thing. But the first thing at the end of the day the Steelers have to do is go figure out the offensive coordinator situation. They failed last time with the Matt Canada hire, and that set back everything for years. And then Tomlin was too loyal. So until they figure out who's the offensive coordinator, you can't really figure out the direction of this team. So it is going to figure out whoever the next hot shot, and it's to me, they like to hire a fan. You need to leave the organization. Go find somebody outside. Mm-hmm. We need outside vision, not inside. Sometimes it's cool to stay inside the house, and sometimes you need somebody else to come in your house and maybe fix the pipes. And right now, Tomlin's pipes needs to be fixed, and we need somebody from outside to come in. So, I mean, that's what going forward for the Steelers, I would say, they need to do. I mean, I guess more importantly, because this is going to be the one that's going to go 8 million times, the Cowboys, because we just got the news that McCarthy is staying. Is Since McCarthy is staying, I mean, where do the Cowboys go? Because I, I thought they needed a new voice because the Cowboys always hold on to coaches too long. And I don't know with him staying what really changed. We have the same voice over and over again. You're still going to have Dak. You're still going to have him. Dak is still be in a hot seat. I, they do need to go find another running back. Tony Pollard's not yeah, going to a la Derrick Henry. No, nah, he's coming. I did Philly. see the Henry Romer, so maybe Henry. But even with him, I just – I don't look at McCarthy as a guy who's going to get them over the hump at the end of the day. It's just – I know no. he did it once before at Green Bay. This was years ago. And even then, it was a struggle. As long as you got McCarthy sitting there with Jerry, and Jerry, I just don't see – they needed a guy <laughs> to come in and be like, yeah, I know it's your team, Jerry, but fuck all that. This is what I'm saying. Fire me or else. They needed some guy yeah. to come in there and say, I don't give a fuck. I, I got rings. I got accountability. I don't care. And yeah. they're not doing that. So I, I, I'm I, baffled with that return. Looking at the Cowboys, I mean, realistically, there's not – I mean, the offensive line maybe, the play calling, well, the offensive side. Too, which is also yeah, so like going after getting some offensive line for Dak, that blitz package was crazy. I mean, there's not a lot. They play pretty well down the stretch. 
You know, they they couldn't beat. So, like I said in the final whistle, they could. They were three and four against teams in the playoffs right now. So they had three wins. One of them was against Philly, and I think the other two were against the Rams or uh, 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 I forget the other one. But they they couldn't beat, beat the, the teams in, in, in the Buccaneers. Correct. Mm-hmm. So two teams that kind of like skated their way into the playoffs, and then when you look at the well, the Bucks because of the last week. When you look at the Cowboys. They just need to step up in big games. I mean, I hate to say it because I'm an Eagles fan, but it, it's it it seems like the big games are just not there. And I agree with you, Trey. I would have liked to see a new voice in that locker room because McCarthy's been there. He was there when Dak ran it 40 yards with 12 seconds left against the 49ers to win the game and lo- lost the game that way. So this isn't a one-time thing. This is constant. In big games, they don't show up. You know, they beat a defeated Eagles team that was pretty much, you know, depleted at that point. But they got smoked by the Cowboys, uh, the uh, the Niners. They got smoked by the Bills. They got smoked by the Dolphins. They just can't beat teams of well, they can't win on the road either. But, that's, but they can't win at home either in the playoffs. So like, the playoffs, it's, they, can't it's, it's, they can't win on the road. So I mean, either which way, is you're doing critical. Like, it, what what needs to change? And I agree with you. The voice. I was thinking that. Wholeheartedly. When I look at the Eagles, I don't think the voice at the top, because everyone throughout the locker room loves Nick Sirianni. I think the biggest thing is the play callers was getting with Jalen. Jalen, as you and I always talk about, when it comes to new quarterbacks like Jalen, the RPO quarterback, they're going to have a year of film on them. They're going to have a year how to stop them. These are professional fucking athletes. These aren't like some college kids, some D3 kids. These are the best of the best in football. So they're going to fi- film study. They're going to watch his every move. They're going to put a spy on him. They're going to make him beat you. And ultimately, you didn't surround him with enough to beat them. So, you know. But does it worry you that basically Sirianni kind of starts off a little bit rough there. Then the big thing is he says, okay, I'm not calling the plays anymore. And he hands the play calling off last year. Then all of a sudden they get good. Next thing we know, he leaves, the defensive coordinator leaves, and then they go back to look like the team that Sirianni originally had. Yeah, I mean, the I, no, not really. really changed that the roster. I mean, it changed to an extent, but a lot of the key pieces were there. But changed with the two people calling plays and Sirianni yeah, correct. wasn't and either the two a, people calling plays when they won. That it's, a similar, won. It's, it's a similar fa- uh, facet as, as Steelers, right? Like they hired within the organization. They hired Brian Johnson, who's never called plays before. He was a QB coach before. Yeah, he looked like he never called plays before too. So I mean, exactly. So. When you look at that, it's like, okay, they need a veteran in there. I like Brian, what he did with Jalen over a year. He worked with – he's a QB's coach. He worked with Jalen. He worked with him every single day. But when you look at – it's a similar facet with the Steelers. They need to go get younger, and they need to grab some pieces on the secondary. I said it last year. We pulled the show up from last year. I said it. I said it. I said it. Losing TJ Edwards and Kaiser White was the biggest mistake that the Eagles had to make on the defensive side of the ball. They were all pros, and then you bring in two rookies to play in the middle of the field, and they didn't know what the fuck to do. So when the Eagles, you know, get some veteran play callers, I don't think you need to get rid of a coach. I think that's such a stupid mentality in the NFL nowadays. Oh, two, three years, okay. He made a playoff three years in a row. He rallied at the end of the season, in the first season. He brought the team to the Super Bowl, the second one. And, yeah, they fell apart at the end, but a lot – if you look at the roster – this roster was made to fall apart at the end. Mm-hmm. So we can't just keep going through coaches every single time 
things get hard. Like we gotta start looking at pieces and everything like that. With someone like a Mike McCarthy, we've seen this. We've seen this act before, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen this before. So this he's been with the the Cowboys what six years now? Five years? Like six? Five or six years? So five, he's five had the opportunity. Yeah, he's had the opportunity, right? And he's and it's it's not been there. And even in big games, you got to look at the multitude of big games and everything. So, as the Eagles, I think they just need to kind of just revamp it. But uh, the obvious answer here is the, is the Finns. The Dolphins proved uh, once again for a second season in a row that they cannot beat teams who have a winning culture or winning records. And if you can't do that, how the hell are you supposed to win in the playoffs? So what has to happen with the Dolphins is two two things. And you're talking about not changing coaches. I agree with that. But we know Ramsey wasn't healthy for the entire season. And the defense looked a lot different when he came in. They looked like they were competing and they had an opportunity to now say, look, let's go and do something in the playoffs. But their playoffs was the last week of the season hosting the Buffalo Bills to not have to go to Kansas City. How can you not show up for that game? So my biggest concern is, is Tua the right person to take you in a deep playoff run and get you to the Super Bowl? And despite how accurate he is, because he throws the ball before his absolute ridiculous speed so wide receivers can get to their spot. Well, yeah, if your wide receiver can run at 24, 25 miles an hour, it doesn't matter how early you throw the freaking ball. He's going to get to it. Even if you over or on the throw, he'll find a way to get there. The players around him make him look better than he is. Yeah. The Dolphins will not, with this quarterback, make a run to the Super Bowl because he cannot beat Josh Allen. He cannot beat Patrick Mahomes. He probably won't beat... Lamar Jackson, and right now he ain't going to beat C.J. Stroud next year with Stroud feeling like a much more confident quarterback coming off a pretty successful rookie year. So I think the Finns have to figure out the most important position on the field right now or else it's going to be another, hey, we look great against the freaking Cardinals and the fucking Commanders, but then when you go ahead and play the Eagles or the Bills, you ain't look like you can win games in the playoffs. Mikey, you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the Dolphins have a lot of questions to answer more than we thought they would even have. Even if they did lose in the first round, or like back in midseason, like okay, I guarantee you, Dolphins are losing in the first round. They still have even more questions to answer than I thought they would. Mm-hmm. But the interesting, the most interesting eliminated team to me, as far as questions to answer specifically, is Cleveland. Mm. Like you looked your best when you were with when you had your fourth quarterback that you brought off the couch. The thirty thousand dollar man, not the hundred and thirty eight million dollar. Exactly. So, how do you? I guess the biggest question for the Browns going into next year is obviously they're not going to keep Flacco. Presumably, Watson is their starter. And how do you? (laughs) Right. So right, barring some barring something insane, well, like crazy happening. No, no one's training for him. No one's training yeah, for him either. Before exactly. he went out. So, yeah. yeah, even without the clause. <laughs> yeah. Barring something crazy happening, Deshaun Watson's your quarterback. So how do you capture what Joe Flacco was able to bring you and the the that best version of your team with Deshaun Watson that you've kind of pigeonholed yourself into having to use unless he gets hurt again? Yeah. It's just like, okay, did they, you know, was that the best we're going to see the Browns for a while because of that? Is it a 
a sign of things to come that, okay, they're adding what can be talent-wise a Pro Bowl level, like, star quarterback that he's supposed to be and that he's getting paid like he is. What's this going to look? What does this team look like next year? I think they lost confidence in Watson, honestly, like in the sense of with everything that went I on would, with the I allegations, with all the allegations, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think anyone trusts him in the locker room. I don't think he has the locker room and the Browns are screwed until that contract is right. up. Exactly. They're, they're, you know, until, I mean, not to I wish. Think Jamie him. disagrees. Why do you disagree, Jay? Because I feel like the, the the team has kind of let that go. Yeah, he might not be a high character individual, but I don't think the team's carrying that into the locker room. They're trying to they're trying to create a winning culture, and you would be stupid as a professional athlete to say, "Let's hold on to this guy's past and pretend like we can have a healthy locker room and create a positive future and culture." I really think that this is his opportunity to come in next year and say, "Hey guys, guess what." We won with anybody throwing the ball. And I know I have more talent than anybody else who threw the ball to you guys late on in the season. Whether or not he can stay on the field is the issue. And I don't know if he stayed off the field for too long to be able to come back as an aging quarterback now and do that. And that is a huge question mark, right? But they proved that they can win without him. So if they go ahead and develop their quarterback room even more in the offseason, it's almost like this defense says, look, just give us, like, we'll win the home games. We'll try to compete on the road games, but if we're winning most of our home games, we're probably going to make a push at least at least in the AFC North right now because we don't know what the Bengals are going to be next year because the Bengals didn't look like – I mean, once again, they started off super slow. And, of course, the, 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 the injury to my guy really fucked them up. But I think Watson is going to probably come in a rejuvenated guy. And the Browns have – they have to be the most surprising team of this season to win 11 games. They clear, all of us had them winning 11 games combined with our predicted record for the Browns. I think we all said like three and something or four and something. So yeah, our I, I, but then was I don't like know. 11 wins. <laughs> but I think the quarterback, like you always mentioned, is the most important position on the field, right? Yeah. And if they don't trust their quarterback to get them the ball, there was a lot of like, what the fucks in, in that on the field with the Browns throughout the season. You saw it when Watson was on the field. realize he had a shoulder problem, and it was a shoulder. Yeah, but, okay, so beyond the shoulder problem, Watson, if we're going to be a key, I don't think the allegations mean shit to them. Like, whatever. People got allegations all the time, correct the league. But dude ain't played football in four years. That's that's where we're really at at the end of the day. Because remember, the year before that, he didn't play because of the allegations. Then before that, he had another what, ACL injury or whatnot. Right. He ain't played football in four years. At a certain point, we got to say – you can't not play for four years and look like yourself. A doesn't play for four years. B, the other issue of Washington, and I said it back in the final whistle, is he has to learn how to fit in. The difference is in Stefanski system, which, I mean, you could say one or two ways. Does the coach make the system for the player? Does the player make it for the system? But at this point, because they did have success with three other people without him, then he has to figure out how to play with Stefanski. See, going all the way back to Clemson, Watson's always played shotguns. Stefanski likes to go a lot under center, sometimes shotgun, West Coast offense. Watson's not a West Coast quarterback. So if they're going to be successful, he has to reinvent himself. And that's what this actually comes down to in all season is can he reinvent himself to fit the system, which well, he's never done. He can turn to one guy who had to do that, and that was Michael Vick. And who and who mentored Michael Vick? Tony Dungy. So if he's going to wise up, he needs to reach out to one, if not both of those guys, because Dungy turned Vick around to make him relevant again for a couple of years after he went through something that may have been worse than Watson because it was 
proven. Like it wasn't allegations. Yes, he went to jail. He did that shit and he went to jail. Yeah. So, you know, he turned his career around thanks to Dungey and some other mentors, but mostly yeah. thanks to Dungey being in his corner. Watson should be right now, not just on the phone with Dungey, but doing whatever he can to be in this man's presence, one of the highest character individuals in the game as a coach, player, everything else that he was. This guy is the real deal when it comes to helping players revive off of pretty what you would say is life-altering situations. I mean, I think he could save him as a, as a person. I just, the four years, I really do worry about because even beyond the shoulder, his decision-making had been terrible. The shoulder yeah. doesn't make you not have good reads. He was, was, bad, he was, bad in Houston. was having good reads and shit like that. And then we started to right. look and say, all right, what the fuck are you looking at right now? Like in a lot of these, it wasn't like it was like these were overthrows or underthrown. It was like, no, bro. Your receiver literally isn't there. You're not on the same page with these people. The last year we gave him the excuse of, okay, you didn't practice with the most of the offseason. This year you did. Yeah. So you had, you had OTAs, you had everything, and you just still couldn't get it. And we set it back. Okay, I'm going to bring this up. We set it back with Colin Kaepernick. When he was going, trying to come back in the league, he was already out of the league for six years. It had nothing to do with what, what happened with that. It's You've been gone for six years, bro. Like, you haven't played it down. The last time you played, you tore your ACL. So, like, when we look at, Kyle, like, like a, a similar situation that maybe he should have been on the field anyways, like, after all that, before before the four years is what I'm saying. But it's just a time thing. The NFL is a young game now. It's a speed game. They want points, 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 points. That's why there's flagging defensive players all over the place. So if you're not scoring points, you're not moving the ball. That's why quarterback in the quarterbacks in the NFL are mediocrity. There's not that many good quarterbacks in the NFL anymore. There really isn't. There's yeah. probably five. There's probably five out of 32 Seven. teams. Seven. There's five that have proven that they're a good quarterback. Maybe five. Seven. Before we move on, we quickly. You're not counting Aaron Rodgers, but you just used the word proven. Speaking of good quarterbacks, before we move on, we quickly do need Rodgers. But you're not counting him in that five. Why not? He wasn't in your five. I never said top five. I said five quarterbacks in the league. Exactly. But if you say that they're proven that they're good, then Rodgers would be six because you weren't thinking about Rodgers there as only five. Yes, I was. (laughs) Okay. So who's your five? Rodgers, Allen, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, I think Trevor Lawrence, and uh, I guess four. <laughs> so, like, I, I, agree with that list, that for, I disagree with that list, but Trevor we'll Lawrence say that for another day. We're talking currently NFL playoffs. I do yeah. have an important thing that needs to be brought up because we, as we said, did not discuss this, and it's very important. Chiefs Bills, we didn't talk about it. What yeah, do y'all have happening? So I have I have Kansas City coming in and rolling the Bills. I think the Bills are too depleted on their defensive side of the ball. They have shown that they've kind of stepped up, but I think Kansas City kind of figured out since that loss to the Bills in Kansas City. I think Kansas City comes in, and they love playing on the road. They love the atmosphere. Patrick Mahomes lives for this. this Do you all think greatest- it's a big deal to hold Mahomes and never played on the road? Not at all, because you know why? Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in this league, and to be the best quarterback in the league, you need to learn how to go into hostile environments, which he has done. I mean, he's gone to the Super Bowl and won. That's a, that's a, that's a non-location, right? I get it's a neutral site, but realistically, he's gone there. He's, he's, he's won in tough games. He's done anything he can to help his team win, and he's done it with – no one around him except Travis Kelsey. No one. So 
let's be realistic. I have the Chiefs winning this. I don't think it's a blowout. I think they have them coming in and rolling through them. I think it's going to be probably Chiefs 35, Bills 28. Mike, you seem yeah. to agree with him. Why Why do you feel the Chiefs and all this doesn't matter? Like the role because the Ch- because the Chiefs have already proven to be the Buffalo Bills absolute kryptonite, and the fact that last week the Chiefs did what they did in the conditions that they did it in, and it will be for them will be warmer this week than it was last week. For the Bills, it'll be roughly similar. It's going to be snow and cold, but the Chiefs are going to be in a more comfortable position playing as far as weather conditions. So. I trust I I'm not gonna doubt Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and the Kansas City Chiefs until they give me an absolute reason to. Trey. Uh for me, I still yeah, I agree with Mike. I think they're, they're every team has that team that they just seem not to be get over and I just I feel like they're gonna look across the field and they're gonna be like, Oh shit, not these guys again. And ultimately, yep. Josh Allen is going to give you a couple of these freebies. He does it every week. A couple of those freebies are gonna happen, they're due for it. And that's why I just think ultimately it's going to be a couple plays left on the field because this is one of the better defense the Chiefs have had. Jay, you seem to actually believe this year is the finally the Bills. Yeah, because everybody has that bogey team until I grew up watching the Niners and every freaking time they played the Cowboys in the freaking NFC, either championship game or in the divisional round, the Cowboys prevailed for almost five years in a row when they handed over the freaking reins to Steve Young. And it's almost like, it's not Steve. It's not Steve Young's fault. It's that this Cowboys team is going through this dynasty era where nobody's going to beat them. Mm-hmm. It was the most frustrating thing ever. And then what happens in the year that San Fran wins the Super Bowl? They freaking punch them in the damn mouth, and out you go. And they, and they eliminated this thing because since that time, Dallas ain't done shit in the playoffs. Now I'm not saying it's going to be similar for KC. KC ain't going nowhere if the Bills beat them. But at some point, you're going to stand up and do it. And I do feel it's a big, big deal. That the moms is playing a road game doesn't matter. You do not get any their, um, close to the same atmosphere in the regular season than it is in the playoffs in freaking Buffalo. If anybody wanted this game more than anybody in the world in Buffalo, it's Josh Allen, and this guy is ready for his moment right now. And I so feel it. What do you think is different? Has to. I just like, like real quick. You know how every it, year. Okay, just, there's just something about right now this year that the Chiefs never showed me that they have that killer instinct. And that's okay because they've had it for four or five years in a row. I just I didn't mean, what's different yet. for – like okay, so like every time – I get exactly what you mean. Like every team has like the something. But usually something happens like Deion Sanders shows up and now you're like, oh, it's mm-hmm. a different team. Or like this player walks through or the coach changes. Like what do you change this year? About? Because that's partly why I don't see it happening because I don't see the glaring – big thing that like says okay with this Buffalo team is different because they added this new coach or this extra receiver this new defensive leader it's a subtraction and it's Josh Allen not thinking he has to be Superman for the whole game I think he's finally matured enough to say if I'm Superman in the first half and I turn it over I'll have the last game against Miami too many times I'm gonna be Clark Kent in the second half I'm actually gonna go on script trust my coaches not be a freaking lunatic and just keep throwing the ball wherever the hell I feel like throwing it, and trust the script. And I feel that Josh Allen subtracting this superhero sort of ego that I have to be the one and really allowing himself to look around him and say, I trust you guys, just like Jordan had to, to eventually say, I trust you guys enough to give the ball off to some of you sometimes 
created a dynasty for the Bulls. No comparison to Michael Jordan. Don't fucking freak out, everybody. <laughs> no, you're going to freak out. Jordan's on the other Listen, side. Jordan, Jordan plays for the Chiefs. He's growing up. Jordan plays for no, the Chiefs. Jordan plays for the Chiefs. Carl Malone plays for the Bills. That's Carl Malone over there. Carl Malone, Just like Carl oh, Malone can get done with Jordan. Say now about Carl Malone by the ball to Carl Malone now. No, sir. Let me tell you guys something. No, no, because Carl Malone can be the only one here with Jordan. Man. I had like this next week when you guys are saying, oh, shit. Bro, you got it. You got it last. Yeah, you got it fucking last week against the Eagles. You said it. You got it right. You you're due for one time in this playoffs to get it right. So you got it right week one. So next week it's going to be wrong. I mean, honestly, the Chiefs are just going to come into you know and play, and they've been in these games. They've been in these games where you know they've been down. Right? Houston came into them and were up like what twenty eight to seven at half. They came back and won. The Patriots did the same thing a few years back. They came back and won. Like I know it was at Arrowhead, but it's it's the comeback mentality. It's the person who's leading that charge. And mm-hmm. I'm expecting Josh Allen with the pressure. This is a way better – no offense, Trey, but this is a way better defense in Pittsburgh. Way better. I mean, Pittsburgh was hurt. They lo- they were out their best players and a lot of their safety. So when you look at the Chiefs, they, were, they are a well-oiled machine on that defensive side of the ball. And when they start forcing – Josh Allen to scramble and be the Superman because they are going to stop the run, which means it's in Josh Allen's hands. And what happened in in Miami? He threw three picks. I can tell you right now, my uh, Kansas City is going to make them pay for those picks that he's going to throw. And that's just the truth of it all. They have Diggs. They're going to cover Diggs. And then who else do they have? Dalton Kincaid. He's kind of came on, but he's I'm still not sold yeah. on him. Dawson Knox, okay. It's it, Gabe, I, Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis. No, that's in the back of their heads is still 13 seconds. They still remember 13 huh? seconds. That's a boogeyman to them. My damn. Oh, my damn. Hold on. See, look. Clark Kent is in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Clark Kent is going to win at home this week in Buffalo. All right, stop your shit, okay? Superman's out the building. It's all about Clark Kent this week. <laughs> Josh Carmelone Allen. <laughs> Drinking right. the regular season. Gonna fail it when the playoffs comes. Congratulations are in order to Fran McCaffrey, head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes men's basketball team, for becoming the winningest coach in program history. Past Dr. Tom Davis this week with his latest win. Also became the winningest coach for the program in Big Ten earlier this month. And of course he is, because he has become a staple of Iowa Hawkeyes basketball whether it's his yelling faces or cutting down the nets for all the success that I was had under his reign. Also a successful coach at Siena, UNC Greensboro, and Lehigh. So congratulations, Fran McCaffrey. Well-deserved. You're going to be going to the College Basketball Hall of Fame someday, rightly so, as the best head coach in Iowa Hawkeyes basketball. Well, as we transition out of the NFL playoff talk, it's going to be an exciting weekend. Make sure you let us know who you got this weekend. And if you guys are still in the playoffs, best of luck to your teams. But we got college basketball, and what the clusterfuck is going on in college basketball because it is going crazy. But before we get there, I got to I gotta congratulate Mikey on his North Carolina Tar Heels 
dominating Syracuse 103 to 67 on Saturday. It was just a terrible performance. And I'm wearing Carolina blue as instructed in the bet. Yes. So congratulations, Mikey, on that shellacking. But Syracuse won last night or Tuesday. They won Tuesday against Pittsburgh. So I call it a victory okay. season. So, but what the cluster fuck is going on in college basketball? Eight out of the top 10 lost this past week, and some of them lost twice. Like it, it's been yeah. going nuts this past week. And just if you turn on the quad box on YouTube TV, it is absolutely crazy. So, Trey Day, what is going on in college basketball? I mean, I think this is somewhat uh, um, the transfer portal and all these types of things we talked about where people were leaving there, they got the transfer portal. And I think all that is actually all playing out right now because you just don't have, like, that dominant team. And especially – and we kind of talked about this a couple of years ago. You don't have, like, this team where three seniors, like, basically all grew up together and played together the whole time. And now it's like they look like the fucking Harlem Globetrotters. It's just like, oh, they playing together they were freshmen. Like, everybody's mm-hmm. always learning each other on the fly. So now it leaves you susceptible to having a team who maybe does have three or four seniors, but they maybe are, like, a mid-major team and going in and beating some of the powerhouses. But to be honest with you, personally – I don't really care what's going on right now in the regular season. You know why I don't give a fuck about what's going on in the regular season? Because none of this shit actually matters. When you really look at this, three of the, three of the four times there was no number one seed in the Final Four have happened within the last 17 years. Probably going to happen again this year. That seems to be where college basketball is going. Like, people are going to get up in March and be like, I can't believe they're number one. Does it fucking matter? No, because this is where we seem to be headed. I know they're supposed to have an inherent advantage, but I can't tell. Last year we had no number ones in the Elite Eight. Did it really fucking matter? They couldn't even get out the fucking... We couldn't get to the final week even with a number one seed there last year. I mean, right now, you look at Utah State and Ole Miss. They're the only two top 25 teams with one loss. Yeah, everybody... At this point, the number one seed is probably going to be walking in with four or five losses. That's just where that's where college basketball is going. So, really, it's not about what happened back in January or February. I mean, these are where you probably do need to get these losses off. So, then, when it gets to be a tight situation in March, you're ready for that moment. And that is probably the good part I am enjoying of watching the growth of some of these teams. We'll look back and be like, damn, don't you remember that team lost two in a row back in January? And then they're like hoisting a trophy later? That's yeah. what I'm actually, I'm actually enjoying about this whole clusterfuck. Well, Jay, it is. The it, Kentucky boys. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Jay. L- let's talk about it. I, I don't want to fucking we, talk about it. No, no, no. I don't want to fucking talk about goddamn Kentucky. No, God let's talk about damn. Kentucky. Let's talk about the clusterfuck. All right, Mike, let's go. Need Wildcat resident up here. <laughs> Fuck them. Fuck what? them and fuck everything about it. <laughs> How rude. How Sorry. rude. Sorry. Your team loses by almost 40. And you come in and talk shit. 50. 50. Get it right. 50. It's good. Yeah, Andre Davis had like 30. Oh, so. yeah. I'm just not I mean, that's it it the thing that's crazy, right? Of all this freaking chaos that happened over the past week or two, the blue bloods have risen to the top. And that's because the chaos just kind of created a snare. It's like, well, how are we supposed to? We can't really jump them because a lot of unranked teams who beat them are not going to just jump them into the top 10. Yeah. So we got four, three of the top four because I consider Connecticut a new age blue bud. Connecticut, Kansas, North Carolina, one, three, and four. You got Duke sitting at seven, Kentucky sitting at eight, Tennessee, who's been relevant in the top 10 right there at six, and Houston. And then Baylor's back in the mix. And look who's number 10. Anthony Penny Hardaway's Memphis Tigers. And it's about very good. We've been talking about this team for years. Is it their year? Is it their year? Is it their year? It finally seems like Memphis can do something. Of course, they have to run the table in their conference so they get a high enough seat to not play a good team early in the tournament. But I'm I'm kind of excited for him to finally see 
he's 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 always had the players, but some shit has always come up. Somebody who was an asshole in the offseason and went and got themselves arrested or shot up a car or did something so stupid, you're like, is he really recruiting the right type of players to the system? But that's the point I want to make. I think a lot of these teams right now who are having these upsets are figuring out who they have to go get in the portal. And it makes it a lot easier to have that fix. You've seen what they've done. You've seen their body of work as a college athlete. You don't have to wonder if it's going to translate from high school into college. And that's why these teams are having a chance to compete week after week because they're taking proven players in these systems and saying, you're exactly what we're missing. We need a point forward or we need a versatile big man or we need a, 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 a spot shooter. And they're just going out and shopping for X person and saying, uh, we'll give you 20 grand. Is that enough? Okay, we have 30. We have to give that 30 to you or you're not able to get whoever else you want. But that's kind of the name of the game now and it's working and it's exciting. Even though you know some matchups are going to be lopsided, it's fun to know that somebody can go into uh, Purdue's house and give them a run because Purdue is supposed to run the table for all we know. And then Florida gives Kentucky a great game and then they go to Tennessee and they stink up the spot and lose by almost 20 points because you just don't know week after week. You can't say last week because someone did something special, they're going to be special this week. And you can't say because a crappy team didn't do anything against somebody in their conference who also has a losing record that they don't have a shot. It almost feels like the tournament has already arrived in January, yeah. and that's super exciting for college basketball. Yeah, it's like it's like I told you. You know, I put the quad box on, on my TV, and I get the four games, and they're all close games. Like tonight, I was watching. You know, Creighton was dominating. I think Seton Hall was, but you had Loyola Chicago and UMass in the A10. They were right down to the wire. I ended up not seeing the end of that game. But to your point, Jay, like college basketball has just benefited from the NBA being so young and talented, in my opinion. There is no clear cut, like, this guy is the best guy in college basketball, like there was five, ten years ago. And when John Wall was in college, like, when, you know, all these guys were coming out of college. So it, I think what college basketball has benefited from is the NBA getting so young. I mean, we're looking at the Lakers right now, and, you know, they LeBron's teams are typically veteran heavy. Right, like the old. Sometimes some of the oldest teams in the league are on LeBron's teams, and, they, and they're struggling because these guys are fast. They, they're elusive. They got big men that can shoot. They got depth. They got a lot of players, and a lot of the league is very young. So when you look at the players, very young, there's not a lot of room for guys to go out of the league and say, "Okay, here you go." You know, we we're going to go to the G League. Well, I'd rather just play college basketball. I feel it's more competitive, right? So. And when you look at that, I think that plays a huge factor. And then when the transfer portal, I think that also plays a factor too in, in the sense of some of these, I guess you could call smaller programs, are starting to get more recognizable because if you're the number eight guy coming off the bench at Kentucky or Florida or Tennessee, but you can go to, let's just say, Loyola Chicago, you know, Utah State, and you can be the, the starter and contribute at like 15, 8, and 8, like, that is a very good addition and that was sitting on a bench there because there just wasn't room. So when you move those guys, it, it's, it helps. So when, with college basketball, I mean, one, if I'm correct, I think I'm correct on this, but number one, two, three, five, six, eight, nine, ten, all lost last week. Yep. So UConn and North Carolina <laughs> were the only two teams that did not lose. Yep. So – when you look at, um, you know, the the college basketball landscape is just being more competitive. To Trey's point, yes, the tournament is never I, – I, in my opinion, I think 
has never been very like, oh, the number ones are going to win it all the way through. There's only been a, a couple times. I think Kansas won it the, a couple of years ago. I think Baylor was number one. I think when Baylor they won was it. a one. Yeah. Yeah. But that's Baylor Kansas was a one-one matchup in the in the finals. Well, ba- Baylor played Gonzaga. Sorry, Baylor Gonzaga was a one-one matchup. Yeah. But, but look, it's very rare because a lot of these teams adopt what I said in the NFL playoff thought. They adopt the zero-zero mentality. We got in. Now let's go make some noise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, you know, the game of basketball is just if you're flowing right, if you're shooting well, your guys are hitting your shots, you're playing in bigger arenas, you're playing in bigger stadiums, the lights are brighter, the stage is more, more serious. So when you're in that moment, who steps up? And sometimes these one seeds, they don't. But I also think that also plays why they're playing so many more non-conference games as well is because of the, the height of the, the college basketball. Like, hey, when we get into the NCAA tournament, we already know how to play on the road. We know how to play in the bigger lights. We know how to play in the bigger stages. We know how to play against bigger teams. So when, we, when we're in NCAA tournament, we're already good. We already did this. So when I look at that, I think that's, why college basketball is so competitive right now. And if you're a college basketball fan, turn on the games. You're going to catch a good game every single night. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I think it's been really cool to see all of these programs, both inside and out of the top 25, building up their resumes as the years go on, facing tougher opponents as the year goes on, non-conference and conference schedule, and a lot of them finding their identities. I think that's what we saw a lot this week is not only the teams that lost, you know, those top 10 teams that lost, but also the teams that won, finding their identities, finding how to win as a program, and taking the tough losses, like Trey said, getting their losses out of the way now, take learning to lose, that you can lose tough games, that you need to, you can't rest on, you know, talent. You can't, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. So you have to find a way. Herb Rust, fantastic. But it's, it's, it's serious across all sports. And we're, I think we're seeing it in college basketball this year where it's no team is good enough to just blow by everybody just because they're good. The everybody's good. So Mm -hmm. everybody can have a great night. Everybody can have a bad night. And that's really exciting to see. On a, from a personal note, it's really cool for me to see, as a North Carolina fan, a team that absolutely struggled last year to have any amount of consistency and didn't make the tournament because of it. They lost consistency during conference play. They lost consistency during the conference tournament, and for that reason, they didn't make the tournament. This year, they're now sitting about you know midway through, almost midway through conference play. They're number four in the country, and not a lot about the team necessarily changed. I mean, certain guys left, certain guys came in, but this was not supposed to be at, this was supposed to be a comparable North Carolina team, but they're finding ways to win. They found ways to win with who they have and within the system that they have. And I think a lot of teams are doing that. And it's really exciting to see a lot of teams doing that. And I think, I think that's why we're seeing so many teams lose and so much rotation. I mean, how many, how many number one seeds have we had or number one overall teams in the country have we had this year? Probably it's got to be up every, to like what six or seven. One every one every one four, every other week. I think four or five. Four oh, different ones. One, it's changed yeah. one every other week. Yeah, so four or five has been revolving between the same the teams, new, but it's been changing. New Arizona, right, right. UConn, Kansas, Kansas. I think it was those four. And yes, yeah. three things. One fun fact: first time since two thousand nine, UConn's been ranked number one. 
Two, what scares the shit out of me right now is that Auburn's won nine straight. Johnny Broom's the real deal. That kid has enough energy for the whole arena by himself. <laughs> and three, finally, once again, well done, John Shire on his end, too. I know we hate him down there in the corner. But Duke, North Carolina is going to be relevant this year, and that's great for college basketball. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Duke has got a good, solid team. I think they're – They kick the they, shit out. They have probably one of their best teams overall over the last five years. Team, team. Team, team. Like, complete team. There's The teams before have been also what – I, what, I, what I noticed against Syracuse is that they're just a complete team. They have size. They have shooting ability. They can rebound. They can defend well. And a lot of teams have they've missed the shooting aspect or they missed the big man aspect. Mm-hmm. So Duke could be a very scary team this year. I'm just look. I think there's going to be a lot of teams with double digit losses mm-hmm. in the tournament this year. Mm-hmm. A lot because the way conference play is starting to shake out. You know we're we're seeing teams start to lose where we thought oh they dominate like. Like I've been covering USF. USF's got to go to Memphis uh, tomorrow or tonight, actually. And USF has been playing good. They've won seven out of eight right now. That could be a big win for USF, and who knows? That could propel them to go and run the table in the in American Conference. How about UCF beating Kansas in, yeah, in one of their first Big Twelve games? How about that? Crazy. <laughs> and then wild. UCF signing Mikey Williams, one of the guys from Memphis that got yep. you know Isn't kicked that out where he went I yep. didn't see that yep. okay yep. yeah he signed he signed with the he signed with UCF next the year and is uh the other guy from Memphis too uh, yep. signed can so, they keep the head another top five recruits what's that uh, no I said can they keep the head on stream I mean, Mikey Williams we've been hearing about this guy since I remember when his mom 15. got pregnant with him and they first start saying it <laughs> next one up was Mikey Williams was he <laughs> <laughs> we knew he was number one prospect in fact all the way back then yes, something about this him. kid he's gonna be good <laughs> and, I'm, and, I'm, and i'm very interested to see what's going on in you know how many teams because right now they're showing how many teams are ranked yeah the big 12 has the most ranked teams in the top 25 the rest have all like four or three you know obviously one and two I think but the sec and the big 12 have four each Four, four. Yeah. I think both but of them. Still, are... but still, like, when's the last time we saw a team as dominant? I think it was one, or a conference as dominant as the Big Twelve, and I think that was when the Big East was relevant. When the Big East put ten teams in yeah. one year. So, Jamie, I, I have I, a quick question for you. Uh, just because next year is going to be a little bit different, um, Mr. Walton, where are you going to be actually calling games since the Pac-12 is not a thing next year? Well, I've already done some research on some great hiking trails I've heard of in the great mountains of West Virginia. That's why I'll be residing for most of the year because I got to make sure I can get to Ohio and some of these, you know, funky states, even though I won't have the great red wooks, red oak wood trees to meditate under so I can center myself right before game time. I'll find somewhere new. In fact, I've heard there's great mushrooms in West Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) God. <laughs> well, I mean, just because the Pac-12 is going away, he can still call the Oregon games and stuff. Yeah, he can call Big Ten oh, games that are – Take me out to bed. Pac-12 basketball, and I won't be able to say that. He's still going to say it, too. He's still going to say it. Probably yesterday. Yeah, conference of all time. Conference of time. We're missing the conference of well, time. Well, <laughs> did you uh, – who's his, who's his partner? Is it Dan – not Dan Schulman. It's uh, – what's his face? Oh, I it's – uh, 
No, no. David, David something. David Poss or something right, cause like Dan, that. Because Dan Schulman's usually Jay Billis, right? Jay yeah, Billis on the East Coast. Yeah, but he was with him, and they had uh, Frank Caliendo there for one oh, of the games. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> and, and, dude, I felt so bad. I tweeted about it. I was like, I feel so bad for this dude because Frank and Bill are just ripping this guy. He's like, he's always trying to take my spotlight. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on? If I was that play-by-play, bro- play, I'd just get up and walk away. Right, I'm going back. Yeah, I'll just let them room. do the game. It's fine. It. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm well, going to grab some popcorn and watch the game. Your early, way too early favorite to win the title at this point. I'll just go to, go around the horn. Let's go. Let's wrap this up with that. So you're way too early. Who do you think can run the table and make it to the tournament and and do and win the title? Mike. Well, I would love to say North Carolina. So that's this whole separate thing. I'm going to keep Carolina out of it because I'm going to pick them first, no matter what. Uh, see, it's tough. It's tough outside of that for me because because there are so many good teams. You know what? I get one of those feelings. Outside of North Carolina, give me Tennessee. Oh God. I'm sorry, Jamie. Jay, but give me Tennessee. Yeah, I, got, I think they're a good team. I've watched Kansas play about five or six times this year. They look pretty freaking dangerous. They can score quick. They have every positional player you need to win a national championship. I hate saying it, but Kansas. Okay. You referenced this early. Like I said, you have to be number one seed to go. I don't think it's year for a blue blood. I think it's year for a team that's been kind of relevant, but hasn't gone over the hump. Let's go to Auburn. Oh. oh. Okay. All right. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Houston Cougars. I think yeah. they're gonna I think it's their year. They're playing excellent basketball. They had their tough loss last week, mm-hmm. but I think that's going to help them grow. Um, that coach has been there for a while, and he's been Ralph having Samson. that. Ralph Sampson. the ball. I couldn't think I couldn't think of his name. I was like, what's his name? Ralph Sampson. He's been just he's been an amazing coach. Yeah. Probably be- one of the best coaches in the country right now, and recruiter. And getting these guys ready for big games. I'm saying Houston's the year to do it. They've been right there every mm-hmm. single year. So I think they're going to do it. I still love you, Kentucky. Don't get me wrong here. You got to my <laughs> like, heart. I, like I said, North Carolina, you are always number one, and I think you no, can no, do no, it. No, 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 no. You guys don't get that. You guys didn't pick them. So they don't like you anymore. So I you've did, been I did preface my Tennessee pick with A-T-S. Fuck Kansas. <laughs> I can't pick I can't pick Syracuse. Go Heels. They're not going to make the tournament, probably. So, oh heels. Well, actually, they might because they're twelve and five right now. So, who knows? no, I think I think they can make the tournament. They just have to. Have, they just have to get a relevant win. They be Pitt. Quad Pitt's one quad, win. They have Pitt and Oregon. Those are quad one wins. Quad Pitt. one, yeah. Pitt, quad it was, yeah, Pitt's quad one night. win. Yeah, they said it last night on the broadcast. So. Nice. Random dude at the Australian Open. Whoever you are, thank you for waking up the sleeping giant. My guy, Novak Djokovic. If there was anybody that didn't need to be woken up, it's one of the greatest tennis players of all time who owns the Australian Open. The only player in the history of tennis that has more wins than him there is Roger Federer. I mean, are you freaking kidding me? Of all the people for you to heckle, Novak Djokovic, yeah, he dropped a set early in the tournament, and we know he normally doesn't do that, but he went and freaking almost won his next match, only giving up about six or seven games because some idiot in the crowd thought, guess who I'm going to talk shit to? The greatest tennis player of all time. Thanks, my guy. Thanks for fueling his fire. Because of all things I love seeing is Novak Djokovic at Manson and Grand Slams. 
because he's the real deal. It's quality tennis. And that's who I want to see playing the finals for another chance to win his 11th Australian Open title. Way to go, jackass. Let's go, Novak. Well, as college basketball is heating up in conference play, Stump the Squad is heating up here. And since I'm not a champion in this, and I'm a champion where it counts. So let's get to it, boys. It's time for Stump the Squad. The junk is back. Drums, make some noise. Don't listen to this guy about relevance because the three of us are relevant. Just because you don't know sports trivia, don't listen to John up in the corner, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for Stump the Squad. You know what we're about. We're trying to see who the Stump the Squad champ is in our 100th episode. Yours truly is way ahead of the pack right now, trying not to blow that lead. Because when you blow leads, that makes you a loser. So minus yeah, two. Yeah, <laughs> minus two, we got it wrong. Yeah, like plus two, we get it right. <laughs> We're going to see who the champ, Stump the Squad champ is for the week here. I think I'm kind of going to be back on my winning wagon. So, boys, good luck this week. John, how about you do the honors since uh, it really doesn't matter. Wow. God. Appreciate wow. it. Wow. Jeez. It's all wound. It's all good. I mean, all I can do is keep rubbing <laughs> small tops the last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still got my hat. <laughs> um, all right. So, we're going to talk about the 49ers. The 49ers have the highest point differential in a single playoff, like the entire playoff. With a minimum of two games is the calculation okay. uh, in in playoff history. So, what is their differential? Is it ninety, eighty-five, ninety-five, or a hundred? Eighty-five. Jay says eighty-five. Ninety-five. Ninety. And now wait, does the Super Bowl count? Oh, yeah, saying the two games before it. It just says. Any playoff game. Anything. You said minimum playoff for the Super Bowl. So, count. so the Super Bowl count, that would be when they beat the Chargers. I'll take it to 100. Damn, it says 100? Yeah, because they beat the Chargers by like 50. So I have successfully stumped Mike and Trey. It's freaking Jane who won this. Yeah, that's, when the, that's when the Niners won the Super Bowl. So... 1995, 96 years. We should have just told him no. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you guys answer? <laughs> All right, so Grandpa Jay, cool down with a uh, with your question. All right, so we're going to keep it in the NFL here, and we're going to talk about up-to-date playoff teams. I want you guys to tell me who is of the eight teams left, which one is the oldest team of the eight teams left? Ooh. Is it A, the Bills? B, the Ravens, C, the Texans, or D, the 49ers? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say the Ravens. Wait, what was the question again? Of the eight NFL teams remaining, can you tell me in this list which one, in one of these teams on the list, is the oldest team remaining of the eight teams left in the NFL playoffs right now? A the Bills. Wait, when we say old, we mean oldest. All right, so the so player average. average? Uh, yes, the oldest player oh. average in the okay, NFL. Okay, so I was like, that obviously isn't a text with the first man. That's why I was so confused. I was like, no, okay. but I mean, oldest man. team would be the average of all the players, right? That's no, how you no, find. No, you mean average of players. I didn't know no. if you meant franchise. Start that's what player. I thought you meant too. I, sorry, sorry. Okay, I'll rephrase. Yeah, that's why I was asking. I'll rephrase. Average. Which one average. of these teams has the oldest average age of okay, their roster cool. that it. are okay. still in the playoffs? <laughs> Okay, A, the now, Bills, B, the Ravens, C, the Texans, or D, the 49ers? The Bills. 
that would be awesome. Does somebody have like somebody super old that like completely tanks the name, the average? Who has a forty-six-year-old kicker on their roster? I was just trying to think of that. <laughs> that would have been like like a backup. <laughs> Mason Crosby. It'd be, it'd be like the punt. No, that's the Giants. No, that's like yeah. Wearing number forty-six for some. <laughs> no, wait. I'm sorry. Randy Bullock wore forty-six. Mason Crosby wore twenty-one. Let's go, <sighs> Bills. Bills. Well, choices for me one more time. Bills. Ravens, Texans, 49ers. I guess I'll go with my gut. I'll say the Ravens. You got two for the Bills and one for the Ravens. And gentlemen, I have successfully stumped the squad. The 49ers. It's it is the Houston the Texans. Texans. How are they the oldest? And I'm going to save that if there's a tiebreaker, if I don't make it in. In fact, fuck it. They ain't going to tiebreaker this week. They are the 30th oldest team. There's only two teams older than them on average age. How? Yeah. <laughs> they have rookies ever- rookies and second-year players everywhere. Robert Woods. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Robert Woods. The kicker. Is there some, is there some like, I feel like there's yeah, five, some vet. Ran into note, I don't think. I feel like there's All some right. vet they signed, like, off yeah, the practice squad. Maybe. All right, Mike. Go All ahead. All right. So, continuing with the NFL playoff talk, a little history for you folks. In what NFL season was a special 16-team playoff used, causing all 16 teams to play in the wild card round? Mike's mind. <laughs> yeah, really. It flip flopped between what what was going to be Mike's <laughs> mind, and what was going to be the question. Flip flopped. What's the question? So it's what NFL season saw a special sixteen team playoff in which all sixteen teams, because of just how matchups work, had to play in the wild card round. So there were no buys. Mm-hmm. A seventy eight seventy nine. B eighty eighty one. C eighty two eighty three or D eighty four eighty five. This is my birthday. I'm gonna take eighty two eighty three. That's my birth year, I should say. So I'm going go eighty eighty one. Okay. Jamie says, says seventy nine seventy eight. Says seventy eight seventy eight seventy nine. Can't go backwards. They went backwards in time. <laughs> that's what was special about it. That's why they played? <laughs> that's why they played sixteen teams. They were traveling uh, back in time. That's, that's why I'm eliminated from something squad. No. So <laughs> seventy nine to seventy eight. <laughs> or 70s. <laughs> just, no, just stick with it. Just go with it. <laughs> okay, so so John says 78, 79. Jamie, you say 82, 83. Trey, you say 80, 81. Yeah. God damn it, guys. Yeah, Jamie got it right. 82, 83. Damn. It'd be like that. Am I out so now? Means, so that means Jamie is week 94's champion. And Mike is now eliminated from the playoffs. It. And it's down to Trey and Jamie. Grandpa Jay has 11. Okay. Trey has five. Mike has four. And I have three. My question doesn't matter. I'm a loser. Come on. What's your question? Well, since we're here, NFL coaches, a lot of people got fired, quit, 
on the job, whatever you want to call it, of these four coaches who are not longer at the job, who has the least wins? Arthur Smith, Frank Reich, Brandon Staley, or Josh McDaniels? Josh McDaniels. Like this season? Or no, no. Career. Total, 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 career. Career total. Frank Reich, Frank Reich you said Arthur Brandon Smith, Frank Reich, Brandon Staley, Josh McDaniels. Arthur Smith. Josh McDaniels. God damn it. Of course, Jamie's right. And I guess John's right too, but of course, it's fucking Josh McDaniels. It's a sweep this week, boys and girls. Pop, 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 pop. It's Josh McDaniels. It, just felt, it felt like that would be like a surprise. He was like, fired midseason one time and he left. Like, yeah, and he, he left. He has 20 wins. He but left he, halfway through the Denver season, that, I think, right? And then he, yeah, he never made the playoffs. And then he was supposed to sign with Minnesota and he backed out at the last minute. So. I figured he didn't have that many wins. Yep, Real quick, I'm not going to do a tiebreaker. I just want to know what your answer is. I had a tiebreaker here anyways. So I just need to know the answer. Okay, so we had Belichick, Vrabel, Rivera, Arthur Smith, Pete Carroll, Frank Wright, Brandon State, Justin Daniels are all gone. Closest number. How many total wins do all these people have together? Oh, Jesus Shit, Christ. Belichick jumps the number by <laughs> like 800. Oh, yeah, no, um, yeah, yeah, my like number. Three, yeah, everybody who's gone. How, how many wins? Just quick. This is like uh, four hundred. Yeah, six six twenty five hundred and twenty eight. So John would have actually won for once a tiebreaker if he would have been in. <laughs> it was seven forty. You got to remember, Belichick got three hundred two by himself. I know. I counted his three hundred. has got a bunch. Brave only got fifty six. Yeah. It's not really that, that much. Well, Pete for Carroll, a time frame, Pete Carroll's about 150 or something. Pete Carroll's 170, Rivera's yeah. 105, Belichick's 102. So, I mean, those three are carrying yeah. a shit ton of the weight. Vrabel at 56, <laughs> uh, Reich at 42, Arthur Smith at 21, McDaniels at 20. Those two are only a game apart. Yeah. Ah, See, I underestimated everybody else except for Belichick. Yeah, yeah. you underestimated <laughs> everybody else. Some love him, some hate him, but we got to acknowledge what this man has been doing in the month of January. Now, I'm not going to get into all the politics of the man. I'm not going to get into uh, certain comments people may or may not disagree with. But Kyrie Irving, we just got to give it up to that man and look at what he's done in the month of January since he's got back healthy. In the month of January, Kyrie's averaging 32 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, and 2 steals. I mean, the man is all of what, 6'2", and he's out here getting more boards than some of the forwards on the team. He's out here balling. He's getting his teammates active. Lucas kind of fell off the ball a little bit and let Kyrie get active. So you just got to shout out. When you see that type of player balling, and when Kyrie's good, it does make the NBA a better place. It's a fun thing to watch. So I've just been enjoying kind of watching the resurgence of Kyrie. Now, the big question going forward is, will he be healthy when it matters? Because that's been the issue is late in the season when we start to get to the playoffs, is Kyrie going to be there? Who the hell knows? But for the meantime, I'm just going to take a ride and enjoy this trip of Kyrie Irving out here balling, seeing Uncle Drew do what he does. Week 94 champion, or show 94 champion, is Grandpa Jay with his 11th win. Taking his total to 11, trade A to 5, Mike to 4, and John to elim- uh, eliminated 3. Kind of run Mike, is, Mike is eliminated now. And Trey, you need to win next week. He's got to run the table. Run the table. In, or- in order to stay. Yeah, because there's five shows left. He has five. Oh, I think Trey's eliminated now, too. Because there's five shows left. No, because I would have been eliminated last week, too, if that were the case. 95, so 96, 97, 98, 99, and then on a hundred. We would be tied. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. 
We got to think of a tiebreaker, Mike, of be, what we can do. Be, 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 the, be the 0708 Giants. Well, I guess we got, I guess the perfect team. Yep. I guess we got to go, like, look at ourselves and be like, all right, what question doesn't – we got to go from 82 below and see what Jamie doesn't know. Right. I mean, 62. <laughs> yeah, 1962. <laughs> all right, Grandpa Jay, congratulations. We will have that prize here. And see who wins. Does Trey Day make a comeback, or does Grandpa Jay solidify his championship? See, that's when you put your Clark Kent clock on. Oh, here we go. You don't need to be Superman to win Stump the Squad and be the Stump Champion, ladies and gentlemen. You don't even need to get to show 100. <laughs> All right. Well, fellas, we got an exciting week of, of sports in yes. general. We got, you know, NBA is in the midst of a really good season right now. We got a lot of competitive NBA basketball. So if you're mm. watching, if you're, think the NBA isn't competitive right now, you're wrong. You need to turn right. it on and really watch these games. They're very competitive. They're very awesome to watch, really. These guys are fighting every single night to play. Um, NHL is starting to heat up. College, mm-hmm. Conference play for college basketball. You know, we got coaching changes going around in the NFL and college football. And then, of course, we have NFL wild card or divisional round weekend. It's going to be exciting. We're going to be on Twitter. So make sure you check us out at SyncoSquadPod05. Drop it down here and make sure to go check us out. Guys, any final thoughts as we head into the weekend? Yeah, let's not forget about the guys on the ice, man. It's goals galore right now in the NHL. Has it ever been this entertaining? I mean, every time I turn turn on Sports Center, the ticket below has like three or four games with teams scoring 10 goals combined. It's nuts. It's incredible. And the, and the fact is that, to Mike's point um, on his t- take that, you know, got us all those views on on his po- on his Mike's mind, is that. They're scoring at a – these goaltenders are bigger and sh- faster and stronger than they better were back pads. in the 80s. And these guys are just ripping it. I just think it's better play. Guys are getting younger, faster. You know, it's it's really exciting to watch hockey. So if you're not into hockey either, make sure you turn in some hockey games. They're really exciting to watch. And I've been uh, watching the junior – you know, the minor leagues of hockey uh, over the last few months has been really fun to watch because these guys are really fighting to the – Right, I mean, I almost got two overtime games in the two I covered. So, um, any other final thoughts before we head out? Four in the nation. Let's Pray go heels. Pray for a good week of football. Close good games. week of football. I, th- I love. I love lots already. <laughs> Let's keep I it love- single score here, guys. Single yeah, scoring game. It's all about one score game. Good football. Good beer. Good food. Everyone, we're single squad. We'll see you next week for episode ninety-five. See you guys later.